0: Thank you, Darren and Ryan, for leading us in worship this morning. It's wonderful to be able to see some faces as we see these songs together and kind of give us a little bit of a taste of the things that we're used to on a Sunday morning when we come together to worship. My name is Lee, and I'm the family pastor here at FBC Benicia, and we are so excited that you chose to join us this morning in worship. We are grateful that you have decided to take some of this time. Hopefully, you know, I know some of you are still in your pajamas, sipping on your coffee, some of you are having breakfast right now. And so what I want us to do during this time is just to continue to have this spirit of worship that Darren and Ryan started us in, and then to get into God's Word with that same sense of worship. Because even in this, we want to make sure that we are in tune and listening to what God is telling us, and to see how everything, even the things we're going through right now, how do we view that through the lens of Christ. And so, I want to start by saying just this common thing that I think everybody's aware of. Every single one of us craves acceptance from something or from someone or from somewhere. Every single one of us does. We have from the time we were born. That's the way that we are wired is to need and to crave acceptance. And so for those of you that have been to our church, or if you've watched us online, you may know that I am from the South. I grew up in Louisiana. So I grew up in the South. As I got older, began to travel to some other places um, outside of the South, I realized one thing. Everybody not from the South thinks that all of the rest of us are, what's a nice way to put it, Uh, they think we're stupid. Right? Like, that, that's kind of the common thing. If if you look at TV shows, you look at some of these movies, you hear things from people that have never spent time in the South, and there is this, there's this idea, this stereotype, that none of us are intelligent. And so, that began to be uh, a, an acceptance thing for me. Right? So, I wanted to be accepted by people outside of just where I was. Right? And so, my, through that, my biggest fear became people thinking that I was incompetent or that, I, you know, I was just not very intelligent. And just kind of having this idea that just because of where I was from, I was incapable of doing these other things. And so what happened is I began to kind of act out of that fear. So I established two things. Number one, I wanted to learn as much as I could about a subject so that I could reach this bar of competence that I had kind of come up with in my mind. I knew that, I was, that there were always gonna be people smarter than me, right? Like that wasn't the problem for me. It wasn't that I had to be the smartest person there, but I just had this fear of someone viewing me or thinking of me as being incompetent. So I needed to make sure that I reached this bar. So I did whatever I needed to do, whether it be academically or learning about a topic or a subject, to get to that level of competence, this level that I had created in my head in order to gain acceptance. From people that I thought I needed acceptance from. And the flip side of that was that anyone, no matter where they were from, that didn't meet that bar of competence, I I looked down on. I thought that I was better than them because of that. And so for me, I, I acted out of the fear of not being accepted by people who had a certain intelligent level. That was kind of my fear, right? That was who I was looking to for acceptance even though at that time, I don't think I could have voiced that. But as Christ began to work in my life and I began to, to kind of take time to be intentional and look inward about the things that I knew were not in line with God's word, I began to think, why, why am I like that? Why, why, right? why did I used to get on social media and just correct people's grammar and misspelled words? Like I, I, I used to do that. Like Anytime someone could put the most beautiful post in the world, but if there are two or three misspelled words, my comment to them is not going to be, hey, I enjoyed your post. This meant a lot to me. It's going to be like, look, paragraph one, sentence three, you misspelled two words in there. Can you please fix that? Right? I mean, what, what like, nobody likes that person. No, nobody likes that person, right? I, I understand that. I get that. So now I, I, I try and stay off social media as much as possible. And then when I look through things, I try not to uh, correct people's grammar or correct spelling or, or any of those things. But what it gets what it gets us to is that every one of us wants to be accepted by someone, and so the fear of not being accepted causes us to act in ways that that we know are are, are not the right ways. Right there, there's nothing. There's no way that I should be looking down on on anyone for any reason, especially as a Christian, to understand that Christ sees all of us. We are all created in God's image, and that he looks on each of us and loves each of us. But so what I was doing was I was looking for acceptance in somewhere other than Christ, which we all start off with at some point. We're looking at acceptance for someone. And my fear of not getting that caused me to act in a way that I would say is not a good way to act. And so most of our fears, right, have, are kind of similar in nature when it comes to this idea of acceptance. I, I don't mean we shouldn't have healthy fears, right? Like those, there are healthy fears to have, right? Like you should wear your seatbelt. You should work hard at your job because you're afraid you might lose it if you don't work hard, right? Like those are, those are healthy fears. Those are things that we should have. But whenever we feel like our acceptance could be jeopardized, we will act out of line with what we need to be doing, and so I want you to take a second in the chat over here. What are some fears for you when it comes to being accepted? Right. I want you to take some time and put that in, put that down there. Right. Like for me, it was I I, w- I wanted to be accepted by people who were smart or intelligent. Who are the people that you want to be accepted by? Right. And so it, just as we kind of kind of look through that we can see that if we fear losing acceptance from that group, then that's going to cause us to act differently. So think about that, right? Sometimes, again, we're not even aware. We need to think about who do I look to? And so I've seen this so much during this quarantine time as well, and a lot of it's through social media. You know, so so we'll see. I, I see people kind of panic because like you'll have like the houses where they, the parents are like, hey, here's our organized, detailed list of all the things we're doing. And so then you have other families kind of look at that and like, oh my gosh, if, if I don't do that, then that means I'm failing as a parent. So you're looking for acceptance from these other people, most of whom we don't even know, right? And so then you also have the people who say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm good with doing this spontaneous. I'm not gonna do this organization. You guys are too uptight. And so you're looking for acceptance from people who are just relaxed and more easygoing, right? The way, one of the ways we can tell what are the things that we fear for acceptance is what do we compare ourselves to, right? Like I'm doing better than this person because of whatever that reason is, right? So for me, when we first started this shelter-in-place, and this is still something that we, that we all kind of struggle with. I think even to this day, something that I struggle with. Whenever we first sat down, right, like the shelter in place was happening. Everybody had to stay home. Not everybody, but non-essential people staying home, having to work from home. And so in that, I found myself at first not getting as much work done. And so that led to this big level of frustration for me to the point where, uh, you know, I was, I was very... Um, short-tempered and frustrated with my wife and with my kids and kind of found found myself a little more aggravated than I normally am and, and I didn't like that. And so I kind of began to think like, where is that coming from? God, please show me where that's coming from. And so for that particular moment, my thought was, you know, when I traced that back, like I'm used to getting a certain amount of work done for the church. And so if I can't get that amount of work done, then people are going to think that I'm being lazy and that I'm deciding to take this time off and I'm worried about how you the people in our church would think of me in that situation. So like even as a pastor, even as a as a believer for for a number of years now, I was still worried about that acceptance. I was still thinking like I you know, it's it's important for you for the people of our church to think that those of us like like those of us who are leading that we're still putting in the time. We're still putting in the work to make this happen. And so that kind of drove me during that time. And it caused me to do things that are not in line with what I believe. It caused me to speak to people in a way that I would definitely not say, Christ would have me speak to them. And so that's what we're going to get into in today in Galatians. Because we're going to see that even apostles made this mistake. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. Uh, if you have your Bible out, open it up. If you have the app on your phone, open it up. Um, in the chat, like by the chat, there's like a tab at the top that says Bible. You can click on that, type in Galatians chapter 2. when verses 11 through 16. And we're also going to have the words up here on the video. So let's open up to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 11 through 16. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew. Now, this is Paul talking to Cephas, which is Cephas is Peter. That's the Greek version of his name. So when we see Cephas, that's talking about Peter. So let's kind of get that context going first. And we do want to talk about the context of where we find ourselves. Because we look at this and think, man, like that's kind of crazy that Peter was eating with these people. And now all of a sudden he's decided that they're not worth eating with. And to understand that the bigger issue at this time for a first century Jew, they would have been more surprised that Peter even began eating with the Jew, with, with the Gentiles to begin with. That would have been more scandalous than anything else, than, than him stopping doing this. That was a problem. So what happened was with the Old Testament laws, in order to go to worship, to be acceptable, to be in God's presence, you had to be clean. So there were all these laws like you couldn't... You couldn't touch anything that was dead. You couldn't, you couldn't eat with people who were considered unclean, and the Gentiles were considered unclean. And so all these ceremonial laws were set up so that you could be acceptable in God's presence. Right? So that's what they're used to at this point. But when Christ comes along, and, this is, and you can see this in Mark chapter 7, when Christ comes along, the ceremonial laws are, are done away with. Right? The reason that God used these ceremonial laws was to show them that they needed to be cleansed to be in his presence. And Jesus, coming through his death and resurrection, cleanses us to be in God's presence. So it's not a continual thing that we have to continually do this or do that to be clean, but that Christ, once and for all, has done that for us. And if you, if you, want, to look at that, if you want to look at that, for a little more background in Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23, it talks about that. And so even with this, so Peter would have been part of this group that grew up where they didn't eat with Gentiles. And so in Acts chapter 11, you know, we've been going through the Bible reading plan, uh, if you're following along with that in, in our church. In Acts chapter 11, you may have remember reading this story, God sends Peter a vision about changing Peter's whole idea and thought process about what is clean and what is unclean. And God ends up saying, listen, what I have said is clean, don't make unclean. And so Peter leaves that vision, and he he now understands that God has called him to associate with the Gentiles, because God has made them clean through the work of Christ, so that they are prepared for his presence. So even after that vision, Peter goes and starts this thing of having dinner with Gentiles, being welcomed in their home, understanding that they're clean, because God showed him that no one is unclean in Christ. Even, in, again, in Acts chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, we'll put that up on the screen. Acts 15, 7 through 9. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now this is Peter saying this. This is Peter saying this. And this is also why Paul opposed him to his face here in Galatians, because he knew what what Peter doing was wrong. Peter did not all of a sudden, it's not that Peter's beliefs changed, it's that he was acting out of line with the gospel, with what he knew to be true. Paul was calling him out for his hypocrisy because essentially what Peter was doing was adding to the gospel of Jesus through faith alone. As Pastor Matt's been talking about, as we have gone through Galatians, this idea of Jesus plus nothing, right? Like we, we can't add to Jesus. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that is the gospel. It's not that plus something else. And what Peter is is basically showing to people is, hey, yeah, Jesus is a part of it, but then you also need to follow these Jewish customs in order to fully be able to be in the presence of God. it's So much so, verse 13 tells us in Galatians that even Barnabas was led astray. Now Barnabas was a great friend of Paul's and had even gone on these missionary journeys with Paul. So the fact that Barnabas, who, who also, like Peter, was, was part of this group that knew the right thing and that didn't have a change in their beliefs, but then started to act out of line, with the gospel, and it began to lead other people astray. And so that's something that even now at this point, right, the, for us to think about now, especially for those of you that are at home with families. Someone is always watching you. Barnabas turns out was watching Peter. So when Peter did the wrong thing, Barnabas said, "Well, okay, I guess I can do that too." Parents, your kids are watching you. How you respond to this situation? Those of you, your your neighbors, your family members people are watching how you respond. People are watching to say, okay, is it just Jesus or are these other things I have to do to be considered a Christian as well? So let's be, let's be aware of the things that we are doing and the way that we are conducting ourselves, the way that we are responding to people, because especially during this time, people are watching. People are seeing how we're doing things. You're always setting an example for somebody so then that brings out such a, a crazy question. Why would Peter do this? Why, if, if Peter knows that it's Jesus and Christ alone and faith in him alone, why would he now begin to say, you know what, I used to eat with you guys, but uh, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. It was out of fear. It was completely out of fear. The same reason so many of us respond in the ways that we do, it's because of fear of not being accepted. Peter's fear was not being accepted by these Jewish people who said that you also have to be circumcised to be a believer. Let's look back at verse 12. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. That's right, that's Peter. Peter used to eat with the Gentiles, but when they arrived, right, when these, this just Jewish group of people arrived, He began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Peter acted out of fear. He was afraid of not being accepted by this group of people. He was afraid of being criticized by them. And so he did something that was not in line with the gospel. And Paul recognizes it and, and lovingly, he calls him out, but he still calls him out because we've already seen if, if what Peter is doing can even lead other apostles or disciples astray, what kind of impact is that going to have on people that aren't believers to begin with? So Peter acts out of fear, and Paul rightfully comes at him about that because Peter was saying Jesus isn't enough. Peter was allowing cultural differences to be of more value and of more importance than gospel unity. He thought it was more important than gospel unity. And, and, and he may not have said those words directly, but his actions are showing, hey, I know that I was eating with the Gentiles. We were united as brothers and sisters in Christ. But I'm worried about being accepted by these guys who I, who I used to run with. And so I'm going to kind of have to step aside now. He was acting out of fear, and he was not acting in line with what he believed and what he knew to be true. And so when we look at Peter's behavior, our first thought is, you know, Peter, you're kind of being a jerk, man. Like, that's, you know, almost kind of racist or nationalist, whatever word you want to use there, as though, like, these people aren't worth it or aren't good enough for you. But Paul knew that this issue was so much deeper than just one behavioral thing. All right, let's look at verse 14. This is Paul talking. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? I love the phrase here. They were not acting in line with the gospel. So Paul saying in line with the truth of the gospel means a couple of things. First of all, that it is a truth claim. Right, that the gospel is a truth claim. So, by saying that, what, what Paul is saying is that we're claiming that the gospel is that we, as humans, are weak and sinful. We have a desire to be our own saviors, to be our own lords, to be in complete control. And yet we also have no ability whatsoever to actually accomplish that. No ability whatsoever to actually accomplish that. So, Jesus fulfilled the law for us and has given us his righteousness and taken his sin away from us. Those are the claims that we're making with the gospel because Jesus perfectly fulfilled the law. So now through faith in the work of Jesus means that we are completely accepted even though we are still flawed and sinful. We are completely accepted what Christ has done. So this idea of gospel truth, what Paul is saying is like, no, don't, don't just change this one behavior. Paul kind of steps back and takes this big like 30,000 foot view, like, listen, your life, your actions, your emotions, your behavior, everything needs to be in line with the gospel. In all of these situations, take the step back and say, is what I'm doing, is it in line with the gospel? Is it in line with the gospel? Because we tend to kind of get caught up on little things and be like, well, you know, if this person does this thing, then they're a good Christian. If they, if they vote this way, or if they wear these clothes, then that's the right thing. As opposed to stepping back and saying, how am I living in line with the gospel? If these things are true, right, that we are all weak and sinful, that we all need Jesus, that none of us can save ourselves, and that only through faith in him alone can we be saved, how do we live in light of that? Because if we don't stop to think about that, then we'll do like Peter did. We'll act out of fear of losing our acceptance. And so that makes us act out of things that we don't even believe. Peter knew what the truth was. He knew that there was nothing to add to Jesus, yet he acted in this way out of his fear. Out of his fear. This is something that's common for so many of us. You know, I'm, I think kind of my thinking was like, man, like as I'm preparing for this, all these things, right, I try to think of all the things that just as people we want acceptance from. And part of my thinking is like, okay, if we had this shelter in place, then, then some of the things we're seeking acceptance from aren't, aren't available to us. So maybe it can create this kind of, this kind of new like, okay, I don't, you know what, I'm not getting acceptance from those things because I'm not involved in it right now, and guess what? Things are still okay. But what I've seen, as I kind of briefly mentioned earlier, there's still that idea that, okay, now that we're isolated, now that we're in shelter in place, I have to do this thing. I have to be on this many Zoom meetings. I have to do this number of things with my kids. I have to read this many books and be productive or else I feel like a failure, so it's not that we no longer have to worry about that acceptance. We have just now shifted. We've shifted who or what we seek acceptance from. Right? If there's somebody you know, that we follow on social media and we like or respect them and we see them doing things, right, whether it be being, being organized or you know, like taking the kids outside or you know, uh, Zooming or FaceTiming everybody we know, then we're going to think, you know what, I, I need to be doing those things. And if you're doing the same things they are, you kind of get a little, okay, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing a good thing because that's who you're looking to for acceptance. The same thing, you can look and see your neighbors. What are your neighbors doing? Are they outside all the time? Or are they going in to get groceries? Like, What are the things that you're looking at and you think, man, I'm not doing as good of a job as I need to. I need to be more like them. Right? Like what out of acceptance, out of lack of acceptance in the fear of that is changing our behavior even now during this time? Because that's what's happening. So how do we change that mindset? Right? Like how did Paul approach Peter and get him to understand that this is not, this is not okay. You adding to the gospel is not okay. And so the apex of Paul's response is in verse 16. So let's look at verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law no one will be justified. So here's how Paul lovingly responds to Peter. He tells him, listen, we're justified by faith alone in Jesus. That's it. And he's basically, he's saying, Peter, here's what you have forgotten. You are fully and completely accepted in Christ. Not because of something you've done, Peter, but because of what Jesus has done. And because your faith is in him. So if he's accepted in the eyes of Jesus, why is he so concerned about being accepted in the eyes of these other people? The same thing's true of us. As believers, if we have placed our faith in the work of Christ, just like verse 16 says, we are justified by faith in Christ, and that alone. We are justified, we are accepted by faith in Christ alone. Why do we worry so much about the acceptance of other people? I'm not not saying we just ignore people or or anything like that, but I'm saying, like, at the heart of you being accepted, where are you trying to find that? Because in our culture, here's here's the way things work in our culture. In order to be accepted, I have to earn that. I have to do something, right? For me, it was I had to be smart enough to earn that acceptance. Whatever you are looking to for acceptance, you have to earn that. That is such an exhausting process because there will never be a time where you stop earning, trying to earn that acceptance. You're going to have to continually do things. Some of the people you were looking for to acceptance are now going on to do something else. So you've got to continue to find these new people or to find this new thing. And we're looking for this acceptance and we're looking for it everywhere except for Christ. And Jesus, he has given us all that. Because even as believers, there are times we act out of line with the gospel. And what Paul is talking about here is, is, listen, our lives as Christians, for Christian living, there has to be a continual realignment process with the gospel. And that has to happen every day. And there's reasons we meet every week as a church. It's not that our beliefs have changed or that we don't know. It's that we need to be reminded of what Christ has done because we are flawed because we are sinful because we need to be reminded of the great love that Christ has for us we need to be reminded that we have been accepted through faith in him and what he has done that's a hard concept for us to grasp because it goes so much against the way that we operate in the world and if, if, if you spend any time reading the Bible you'll find out that the Bible's full of that It's full of this idea of of the way that that God brings things forth are are often at odds with what the world does. They're often at odds with what the world does. And so what he's saying is, listen, you don't have to fight for acceptance anymore. You are justified. You are accepted by faith in Jesus and what he has done. And so here's what that means for us if we understand that right for first of all for those of us that are believers right because because there has to be a difference here between believers and non-believers in this acceptance if you're a believer you have faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ please understand you are fully accepted in Christ and so here's what that allows us to do it allows us to love people without an agenda It allows us to serve people without an agenda because we're no longer doing something to gain acceptance, but out of the fact that we are already accepted by Christ, we are now free to love and to serve and to give and to help others because of what he has done for us. That is true freedom. That's where freedom is, to be able to operate out of this place where we know that we are fully accepted. So church, we have to continually remind ourselves, you need to preach this to yourself. Say it to yourself right now. Through faith in Jesus, I am fully accepted by God. Say that. Even right now in your home, if you are a believer, through faith in Jesus, I am fully accepted by God. How much differently will we live out of that thinking than out of a fear of losing acceptance? Think about the impact that that has on people. And for those of you that are not believers, listen, you're you're looking for acceptance somewhere. Maybe you haven't taken the time to look at it, but I would just think it's got to be such an exhausting thing. Why continually fight for acceptance from people who, some of which we don't even know, some of which we don't even care about, but we have this idea that we need to find acceptance from that. But to understand through faith in Jesus, you can finally have rest from that exhausting, exhausting way of living, and that you are fully accepted because of Christ. The reason that's such a big deal is because Christ's work is finished. There's nothing you can do to add to that. You are completely and fully accepted in Christ, and that will allow you to go out to live a transformed life and to be able to do the things for people, not with an agenda, but out of love and out of Gratefulness for being accepted by the Savior of the world. There's nothing better than that. Living for other people's acceptance will continue to lead us down the wrong path. It'll continue to lead us to act out of fear when instead we need to be going through this constant realignment process of, am I living in line with the gospel? The way that I can do that is because i am fully accepted by jesus christ and what he has done let's pray heavenly father god we thank you so much lord we thank you god that you know and have always known that we are weak and sinful and incapable of rescuing ourselves and in your love for us your plan from the beginning was to send jesus to do the work that we couldn't do, to die the death that we couldn't die. God, and so now, because of faith, through faith alone, we are justified in your sight. God, that's just such an amazing thing. Such an amazing thing that if we have our faith in Jesus, we get his righteousness and he takes away our sin. Lord, what a difference we can make for your kingdom once we understand that we are accepted and that we can live out of that truth. God, please help us to see that. Help us to understand it. Help us to preach that to ourselves every single day. We are fully accepted. We do not have to earn that from you. You have provided that. All it is for us to do is to have faith in what you have done. We love you, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. We're going to have one more song, and then make sure to check out, there's going to be a link over here in the chat for the after party on Zoom. We hope to see you there. Hope you guys have a wonderful day.